Hello and may God bless you as you share this worship with us today. It's just a week since Easter and no doubt in many cupboards hidden away there's still some chocolate. None in ours I'm afraid. But for this season we continue to think about the resurrection of Jesus. But first a psalm to call us to worship. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we've got uh, lutes and psalteries and stringed instruments and drums and all sorts in this room. So no excuse not to praise God. But the events of Easter fresh in our minds must surely stir up our hearts and spirits to offer thanks with joy as we contemplate the power of the cross. May we be encouraged this day as we remind ourselves of the resurrection of Christ and his continuing presence with us and at the right hand of God. The power of the cross. Written on your face, bearing 
John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen.
I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, there are many reasons to give you thanks and there's so much about you which is worthy of our praise and adoration. In this short passage alone, we're reminded of some of those realities. We thank you that you love us. Your love is from everlasting to everlasting, beyond our measure or imagination. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you set us free when we didn't even know we were bound. You freed us from the guilt and power of sin. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you made us part of your kingdom. We are under your rule and under your protection. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can serve you as priests. We can offer our sacrifices of praise and we can intercede for those in need and you will hear us. Thank you, Lord. And we recognise your glory. And we affirm your dominion over all the earth. And we pray that you will hasten the day when Christ will return in glory to establish your kingdom in completeness. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we adore you. We give you thanks and we offer you our praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for the resurrection, for the fact that you were laid in the earth and were brought out into new life as we listen to the song, Now the Green Blade Riseth. For three days in the grave had lain. 
say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let your spirit meet 
On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Doubting and believing. The overriding message of this story for me is, it's okay to doubt. The Bible is full of writings which reflect people who are faced with overwhelming and inexplicable troubles and who cried out to God for understanding and reassurance. Why should we be any different? On this second Sunday of Easter, our theme should be one of celebration and victory. And we must make sure that we don't lose hold of that in the midst of our sorrow and fear about events in the world. The disciples were fearful, sorrowful, confused. Had Jesus really risen? What's happening here? We can identify with that mix of feelings. In the midst of the confusion and uncertainty, Jesus appears. He brings peace. He breathes the spirit into them, a foretaste of the power that would come in six weeks later at Pentecost. It's a spirit who will comfort, interpret the words of Jesus and the events of their lives in a way that makes sense. And he still does the same today. Whatever the future may hold, and it would be death for many of them, they knew that God was with them. Except Thomas wasn't there. Doubting Thomas. It's unfair he's been labelled like this by history. How is he any worse than the rest? 
Peter had disowned Jesus three times. All the others had fled. Two of them had given up and gone off to Emmaus. And we don't know why Thomas wasn't there on the first night. But he was certainly still around and heard the report from the others. In John chapter 11 we read that he says to his fellow disciples, Let's go to Jerusalem so that we can die with him. Now, I don't know if that was courage or just being fatalistic. But either way, maybe the reason he wasn't there now was that he was expecting this to come true. Or maybe he just wanted to be alone in his grief. The vision of the dead Jesus was still in his mind. He speaks of the nail prints and the sword wound. It was all still very fresh. He was sceptical about what the disciples said. Wouldn't we be? He wanted first-hand proof. But Jesus met him in his doubts, offering him the wounds to see and touch. He was ready to forbear, to be gentle with the unbelief of Thomas. Surely Jesus understood the magnitude of the event and the impact that would have on his followers. In Luke we see that when he first met the, the disciples, he deliberately showed them his hands and feet. On another occasion he ate fish with them. He wanted them to be sure this was not just a vision or a ghost. And Thomas was convinced. If Jesus did this for Thomas, surely he will likewise meet us in our doubts. So doubting Thomas becomes believing Thomas. And then he becomes confessing Thomas. He declares Jesus as my Lord and my God. In the beautifully constructed Gospel of John, this is the place he is taking us to. John 1, 1 declares that the word... Logos was God from the beginning and came into the world. Gradually, through miraculous signs, teachings and events, we see the unveiling of the word to the world and we glimpse his purpose. Part of the unfolding story is seen through the acclamation and the realisation of the characters in the story. John the Baptist says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Nathaniel, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. The woman at the well, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Martha, I believe that you are the Christ who is to come into the world. And finally, in our passage today, Thomas declares that Jesus is God. We've reached the climax. It's followed by John's comment that these things are written to enable people to believe and to go on believing. Remember, the Gospels were written first for Christians to encourage them to continue believing. And it does the same for us. So what can we learn from this story? Well, first of all, I find an encouragement. Doubting Thomas, he wasn't alone. Extraordinarily, even at the ascension, it says, some doubted. 
So it's no wonder that 2,000 years later we also experience doubts. Jesus deals with us as he dealt with Thomas by revealing himself to us. And we see an opportunity. We can be among the blessed who have not seen yet believe. When Paul the Apostle writes in Corinthians about the resurrection appearances, he says something remarkable. After listing them all, he adds, then finally he appeared to me. He counts his revelation of Christ on the Damascus road as being equivalent to the physical appearances to the disciples. So we're not so different. Blessed are those who have not seen the physical evidence but have believed. There's no proof, just the evidence of faith. Do I have proof that my wife loves me? Not really, only evidence. She hasn't left me. She looks after me. She tells me she loves me. The fact is I believe in her love for me and I live my life in that faith. And the longer we're together, the more certainty I have. Our faith in Christ is based on our relationship with him and the difference it makes to our lives. The tomb of C.S. Lewis at Westminster Abbey bears this inscription from one of his writings. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. In other words, when he became a Christian, the world and his understanding of the world just suddenly started to make sense. The pieces fitted. I don't want to imagine myself as an atheist, but I could certainly imagine that given that scenario, the world would be a very difficult place to live in. Christ is the one who makes sense of everything. And even the pain and the struggling and the doubts that we experience they make sense in the light of the cross and the resurrection. Christ has suffered and Christ has risen again. And then there's a challenge. Now there's a strong tradition that Thomas was the apostle to India. In Chennai, it used to be called Madras, you can visit the Cathedral of St Thomas, the Basilica of St Thomas, and the crypt where he was interred after he was martyred. There's a church in Kerala called the Thomist Church, the Thomas Church. It's one of the oldest churches in the world. Is it true? I don't know. It's not proven, but it's strongly believed. In any case, it's a great illustration of what the disciples did with their knowledge of Jesus and his resurrection. They truly followed the command of Jesus to go into all the world and make disciples, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And that process is still going on today. What will we do with our faith in Jesus? What difference will it make to us? And what difference will we make in the world now that we know that he is risen? Amen.
Peter and Andrew, James and John, called from their fishing boats to journey on. Matthew, the taxman, leaving wealth behind, travelling onwards, new life to find. Philip, Bartholomew, Simon and Jude, Thaddeus and then the one who proved untrue. Ten faithful followers for all to see. Judas who betrayed him, and then there's me. Thomas the Doubter is my name. Doubting will always be my fame. I bear the title, I bear the shame. Love he spoke, preaching the kingdom to the common folk, healing and blessing all the ones in need. Lame men were leaping and the captives freed. Huddled in panic in the boat was I, Jesus asleep until he heard. I saw the sea becoming calm and still Wind waves and the weather all obeyed his will Thomas the Doubter is my name Doubting will always be my fame I bear the title, I bear the Go with him to Jerusalem, said I. That is the place where we all will die. Nailed to the cross he was and laid to rest. Loved one another was his last request. I needed silence to absorb my pain. Could I ever know he'd rise again? Thomas, he's risen, was a sudden word Outside the moment that mother's shed My heart too full to believe the truth Show me the wounds, I said, 
unflinching Jesus by my side, evidence that never could be denied. Blessed are you believing what you see, or blessed the sightless who believe in me. Thomas the doubter now no more, but Thomas the servant of the Lord. I saw him risen, and I am sure. No more Thomas the doubter. we rejoice in the good news we are aware that there are so many parts of the world where that good news has yet to be heard 
Lord, bless, encourage and sustain all those who are labouring to spread the good news over all the earth. We pray for those who are translating the Bible into many languages, for those training and equipping men and women to preach the gospel across cultures, and for those who are using their skills and knowledge to serve those in need, demonstrating the love of God. And we pray for those suffering through wars, hunger and homelessness, that there will be good news for them, that the rulers of the world will seek peace and justice for all. May God in his mercy grant these our prayers in Christ's name. Amen. final blessing. May the risen Christ journey with you this day and always until he comes. And like Thomas, may your doubts be turned into certainty and your faith into confession. Amen. <laughs>